We Americans have a lot of stress. One of the most common causes of stress is busyness. The Midwest has a false image, however. We're known as the area that is rather laid back and calm and cool and collected compared to the West Coast or to the East Coast. Yet we have a, are a haven for workaholics. This may surprise you, but some Germans would rather work than play. In your notes, some Germans enjoy employment over enjoyment. So today we're going to look at the prescription for people under pressures. Do you know anybody like that? I understand that our kids continually are taking proficiency tests in schools. That's pressure for the kids as well as for the, as well as for the teachers. So let me begin by giving you a quiz to find out whether you are a workaholic. Okay? And you do not have to raise your hand. Just point to a person that represents. Number one, are you always in a hurry? Number two, is your to-do list always unrealistically long? Number three, do you use your days off to catch up with unfinished work? Hmm. Number four, do you feel guilty when you relax? Number five, do you have to get sick like break an arm in order to take time off? Number six, some of you men are rather dull, so this is more specific for you. You know you are a workaholic when all your Christmas cards come from your business associates. Or when you head out for a back-to-school night and you do not know which one your kids attend. And you know you're a workaholic when you're wearing a beeper in church. You know you're a workaholic when your family refers to you as simply the occupant. You know you're a workaholic when you unwind after a day at work by watching 11 o'clock news. That's rather late to be coming home. Is that the kind of life or hours that God wants you and me to live day in and day out? No. Rather, this is the kind of life that God wants. Look at Psalm 23, verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Green pastures. Quiet waters. What's God talking about? Well, if you were a sheep, you would understand. Green pastures and quiet waters are a perfect picture of paradise for sheep. So when you know paradise for sheep refers to, number one, the image of rest. Rest. And number two, of refreshment. Rest and refreshment, sheep will say, boy, it just doesn't get any better than this. God is interested in the amount of rest that you get. Look at Psalm 127, verse 2. It's senseless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night. God wants his loved ones to get their proper rest. See, God says that if you are burning the candle at both ends, you're not as bright as you think you are. God says that sometimes the most spiritual thing that you can do is go home and go to bed, but please, not tonight yet, for a few minutes. 
A, 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 C, a CNN poll recently said that 59% of all Americans say that they would like to slow down and relax. 59%. Yet a Harris poll said that we have eight and a half hours less leisure time than we had 10 years ago. That means we're working more and enjoying it less. So tonight we look at Psalm 23 and look for ways, God's ways, to relax. We're going to use five points in the acrostic, R-E-L-A-X, relax. So number one, in your notes, the word letter R stands for realize my worth. Realize my worth. Why do we start there? Well, look at James 1.18. It says, God decided to give us life through the word of truth, to make us his most important creatures. I want you to circle those words, most important creatures. God says that you matter more than all the rest of God's creation. Today in America, people think if they work a whole lot and they achieve a whole lot, they must be worth a whole lot. The reason most people overwork is that in your notes, people confuse their work with their worth. We confuse what we do with who we are. We are getting our primary identity out of what we do. In fact, if you walk up to somebody, you ask, what's your name? Usually the second question is, what do you do? For example, I'm a brain surgeon. Wow, we think he's worth a lot. Or I park cars. Well, it's nice knowing you. We get our worth, we think, from our work. But God says that you matter more than, to him than all of the rest of creation. God says that you can relax because you don't have to prove your worth to God. If you were made by God, then you are really worth it. It's like saying, I'm okay, you're okay, because God don't make no junk. God doesn't also make any junk. If you understand how much you are worth to God... It would change your life. You don't have to spend your whole life trying to win the approval of God or even the approval of other people. In fact, you will never fully understand how much God really loves you because God loves you, the Bible says, unconditionally. In your notes, there's nothing, absolutely nothing you can do to make God love you more. You will never be able to do anything to make God love you more than he already does right now. But it's also true in your notes. There's nothing you can do to make God love you less. And the reason is that God's love for you is not based at all on your performance. You see, God loves you. His love is based upon who he is. And God himself is love. His love is unconditional. You are valuable to God because he loves you. Do you know how much God loves you? Listen to Isaiah 49, verse 16. God says, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. See, Jesus died on the cross. They put nails through his hands. Jesus says then to you and to me, I love you. I love you that much. I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. And Jesus can never forget how much he loves you. You are forever engraved on the palms of Jesus' hands. And when you and I get to heaven, Jesus will be able to show you and me how much he loved us. He'll show us his engraved hands, which were stretched out on the cross and nailed there. I love you this much, God says to you and to me. So realize, first of all, 
how much you are worth to God. Number one, realize my worth. Number two in your notes, the E in the word relax stands for enjoy what I already have. Enjoy what I already have instead of always wanting more and more. Look at Ecclesiastes 3.13. People should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor for these are gifts from God. Can we be so preoccupied with getting more and more that we do not enjoy what we have? Sure. Can we be so busy trying with a desire to acquire and get more and more that we don't enjoy what we already have in our garages and our closets? Sure. The problem in your notes is our desire to acquire. We obtain so many beautiful things in America, but we are so busy that we do not even enjoy them. We buy a beautiful home and nobody stays home. We have a desire to acquire. It's like they got that, we need that. Or they moved up, we need to be moving up. We're trying to keep up with the Joneses. Not realizing that they just refinanced. I said this before, we buy things we don't need with money that we don't have in order to please people that we don't even like. We spend all of our time on trying to make those payments on things we've bought. And what happens? Our relationships deteriorate. Does God want us to live that way? No. No person on their deathbed has ever said, I wish I would have spent more time at the office working. Not one person has said, I wish I had spent more time, but they do say, I would spend more time with my kids. I wish I had spent more time with my spouse or with God in some ministry. I have used this picture language before in your notes. In your notes, you never see a hearse pulling a U-Haul. It's amazing. Most, much, some truth is spelled out there. You do not take anything with you. So number one, realize my worth. Number two, enjoy what I already have. Number three, in your notes, the L in the word relax stands for limit my labor. Limit my labor means that I must make a conscious decision to make time for other things besides work. Look at Exodus 20, verses 9 and 10, where God says, You have six days each week for your ordinary work. The seventh day is a Sabbath, a day of rest, dedicated to the Lord your God. That means I must decide what are the number of hours that I want to spend working. Stick to it. This is especially true of two groups of people. First of all, those people who are self-employed. If you are self-employed, your tendency is to never stop working. You're the one who has to make all the decisions, the business work. You never take breaks, and you always have something else to do because you do not have an eight-hour shift. You keep the work with, all, with you all the time. But secondly, there is another group of people. They're called single parents. I really do not know how, how you can do all what you do do as a single parent. You work, and then you manage your family at the same time both which are full-time work with no few breaks. You, of all people, need to have some guidelines to say, I need time off. Your best requires your rest. You can get so many irons in the fire that you put out the fire. So limit my labor. Exodus 20 is the third commandment. The Sabbath means, on the back of your notes, a day of rest. This commandment is in the Big Ten. 
It's that important. Compared to stealing and murdering, it's not just a rule to be obeyed for its own sake. It's really there for your sake. Three reasons to obey the third commandment. In your notes, number one, I need to rest my body. God knows I need physical rest. Sometimes our bodies will find time to get rest by even getting ill or sick. Number two, I need to recharge my emotions. Our emotions need time to be recharged. Now I'm preaching that message to the choir here. You can listen in. Number three, I need to refocus my spirit. The Bible tells us that called worship. Because worship brings things into perspective for us. Have you ever noticed that when you come to church with a big problem, your worship puts things into perspective? You have more understanding, you have more energy to deal with life. Because the word of God and the sacrament helps us deal with real issues. You also need time alone with God daily in his word. If you're too busy for God, then you're too busy. So number one, you need to realize your worth. Number two, enjoy what you already have. And number three, limit your labor. In your notes, number four, the letter A in the acrostic for relax stands for adjust my values. I need to adjust my values. That means if I'm going to reduce busyness in my life, I'm I'm probably going to have to change my thinking about what's really important. Look at Ecclesiastes 4, verse 4. Solomon says, I observe that most people are motivated to success because they envy their neighbors. But this too is meaningless, like chasing the wind. So you must stop getting caught up in the rat race of always getting more and more. There are more important things. So look at the next verse, Mark 8, verse 36, where Jesus said, What good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? Is it worth it? You really need to ask yourself. We may be making great money, but the kids are getting no no parenting. My business may be consuming all my time. My educational goals are taking hours and hours. Needed also for my spouse or my family. Is it worth it? You may adjust values. Number five. In your notes, the X stands for exchange. My pressures for God's peace. I need to exchange my pressures for God's peace. That gets me the very root of our stress. There are three kinds of stress or fatigue. In your notes, number one, there's physical fatigue. That's tired muscles. That can be replenished rather quickly, usually. Number two, in your notes, there's emotional fatigue. These are tired emotions, tired feelings. And that takes more time to replenish. And number three in your notes, there is spiritual fatigue. Spiritual fatigue is the deepest kind of fatigue. It's a dry spirit. Some of you are saying, what I need is just a vacation. Well, you may need a vacation, but a vacation is not going to take care of the second two kinds of fatigue. You need more than just time off to recharge your emotions and to refocus your spirit. You need a relationship with God. And you can go to Bahamas for two weeks, but when you get back, you have the same emotional and spiritual problems. The pressures are still going to be there. You need to do more than just take time off. You need to adjust your values. You need to exchange your pressures for God's peace. Have you noticed how little kids often 
do not like to lie down? You take your kids on a trip. You try to wear them out. You bring them home. You're ready to put them to bed. And suddenly they say, oh, I'm not tired. You say to a small child, lay down on your crib. And they're just sitting there nodding off, but they're not going to lay down. In your notes, resistance to rest is simply a mark of immaturity. Resistance to resting is a mark of being immature. And if you are always working and you never take time to rest, it is not only that you're disobeying the third commandment, it also says that you are spiritually immature. So in conclusion, did you know in your notes, sheep do not like to rest? Did you know that sheep simply do not like to lie down? Did you notice that it actually says that? In Psalm 23, verse 2, the Lord is my shepherd, it says, and he does what? Makes me lie down in green pastures. That means he's actually forcing them to lie down. Has God ever forced you or made you lie down? You see, if you do not slow down, sometimes God will make you lie down. Why? Because you matter to God. Because God cares about you. What you need is to strengthen your relationship with Jesus, who is your good shepherd, who loves you so much, he gave his life for you on the cross. You need a pace setter, that is someone who will set the pace for your life so you don't go too fast and you don't go too slow. And the only person wise enough to do that, who knows you inside and out better than you know yourself, is Jesus, your good shepherd. So you need to relax. Number one, realize your worth. Number two, enjoy what you already have. Number three, limit your labor. Number four, adjust your values. Number five, exchange your pressures for God's peace. Look at Matthew chapter 11, where Jesus said to you and to me, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. Are you stressed out? Are you weary? Jesus says, come to me. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Amen.